But like, if you really want to level up your business and if you really want to be seen as a professional, you want to be taken seriously and you want to walk through your business as like with confidence, you have to have all that stuff. You have to have the all the pro proper permits and licenses or else you're never, you're always like me, I was looking over my shoulder and that's just not the way you want to run your business. You know, you want to have, you want to be free. The whole point of being a business owner is like having freedom. You do not have a freedom when you're working, looking over your shoulder. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Wicked Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Wednesday. And today, the episode I will be sharing with you guys is with Ashley Gonzalez. Her business was formerly Beautylicious Lashes, and it is now, well, her product line is now under the Lash Poppy, which is her and her husband's product line. Ashley is also a business coach for lash artists, or maybe even, I'm sure she could help anyone that has any type of business. She is so knowledgeable. I love talking to her so much, and I know you guys love hearing from her. So today's episode was actually recorded a couple months ago and the intentions behind this episode was to talk about the Wicked Business Experience, which she spoke at, but we are talking about it in this episode, talking about it coming up and when you are listening now, it has already passed. So I was a little late on getting this episode out, but it's still filled with amazing information and just listening to her journey and how far she has come through her life and her business is just incredible. Also, we talk about the name change and the transitions that she had to go through with her business name. And after we recorded, she actually accepted a position with Paris Lash Academy. So that is something, if you follow along with her on Instagram and you're wondering about that, that's something we actually don't talk about in this episode. But let me know if you would love to have her back on so we can get you up to speed on that as well. Also, something, this is something random that has been on my mind and I have been so busy the past few months that I didn't even realize that LashCon is literally next month. I'm so excited. This will be my third year at LashCon. The first year I went in 2021. Oh, and real quick, if you, I just assume everyone knows what LashCon is, but if you don't know what it is, it is pretty much the biggest lash conference, like ever i think there are a lot of conferences and trade shows in the beauty industry but this is the biggest one that just has to do with lash extensions and actually last year i met people that were there that don't even do lash extensions they just do lash lifts but there the topics and the speakers it has so much to do with like business some of the speakers are about like lash extensions like the artistry and the retention and all that good stuff, but most of it has to do with business. So I don't know. It's really good. I think I want to say there's going to be like over a thousand attendees this year. I, I'm probably just making that up. Um, but I feel like last year was like double in size from the first year I went. But anyways, so okay, the first year I went was 2021. I went as an attendee. It was amazing. 10 out of 10 experience. Always recommend it. I left with so much valuable information and so many like connections as well. This is the place to be if you want to meet any of your lash idols. Um, and then last year I was a speaker. I was on a panel about salon ownership. It was a completely different experience from the first year I went. 
I feel like the first year I went was all I wanted to learn as much information as possible. And last year when I went, I was really focused on like networking and just like meeting people and making new friends. And then this year I will be working there with EBL. So EBL will not have a booth this year, but we are doing the karaoke disco party on the Sunday night. So the trade show or the whole event as a whole starts on Friday and it goes through Monday. Um, so that's a lot of different events. There's like a whole itinerary and you kind of just like pick and choose what you want to go to. But the Sunday night will be the EBL karaoke party. You definitely want to be there. We will be giving out some goodies and all singing karaoke together. It'll be so much fun. Oh, but the thing, the reason I even started talking about this in general was because I get DMs all the time of people saying they want to go to events, whether it's LashCon or Lash Bash or my event, the Wicked Business Experience or any trade show or event in general. I always get people saying that they want to go by themselves, but they're scared. They're not going to have anyone to talk to or they're just shy or they're introverted or whatever. And I have two things to say about that. So number one, when I first started in this industry like years ago, almost a decade ago, I actually loved going to trade shows by myself because my intent was to just learn and buy products and then just like meeting other people was a bonus. But I loved going to trade shows by myself because I didn't, if I went with a friend, we had to like coordinate and do everything together. You know what I mean? And then these types of things, you like pick and choose what you want to go to because there's so much stuff going on at once. It's kind of like a music festival. If you hear any background noises, by the way, it's my cats being literally insane. I don't know why I got cats thinking that they would be like way more chill than dogs, but they are so crazy and they live to knock all my stuff over. Anyway, so an advantage of going to things by yourself is, well, number one, just like going on a vacation with by yourself is so relaxing. Like, I kind of vowed after all of the freaking trips I took this year with my friends. Love my friends to death. Love y'all so much. But I want to just start traveling solo, honestly. And then like meeting up with people would be like extra, like an added bonus. But there is like traveling by yourself is so underrated. You don't have to be on anyone else's schedule. You don't have to try to coordinate like, oh, I want to go eat here. Oh, but I want to go to the, you know what I mean? So anyways, going to these types of events by yourself is not a bad thing. You can get some me time. You can do whatever you want and you don't have to be on someone else's time or schedule. That being said, which brings me to my second point. If you do decide to go to LashCon by yourself and you're nervous because you like want to meet people or talk to people, but you're scared, you're an introvert. If you see me, please come up to me and do not be scared. I just want to throw that out there right now. If you're listening to this and you are scared about going to LashCon by yourself, and this goes for any event that you see me at, come up to me and introduce yourself. Even if I'm with a bunch of people and it looks intimidating just come up to me and let me know that you're here by yourself and you're nervous and you're shy and I will welcome you into whatever it is that I am doing because I do not want anyone to ever feel that way and full transparency so my wicked business experience event that that was last month Um, I sent out a survey for all the attendees asking people like you know what could I do better next year and 
everything was positive except the common like negative thing that I think like two or three different people said was that they came by themselves and they felt like too shy and too intimidated to talk to anyone else. And I do take somewhat responsibility for that because it was my event. However, because it was my event, I was way too busy with the back end of things. Like, I don't think I ever actually like talked to a group of my friends. Maybe I did during the cocktail hour, but I was so busy running around like a chicken with my head cut off that I really wasn't paying attention to the people that were there by themselves because I was so busy. Next year, I will be hiring people to help with all the back end stuff, so I don't have to be in charge of that. But anyways, anyways, that being said, I just want to make it clear if you ever see me at an event especially LashCon that's coming up next month and you're by yourself and you're scared, just come up to me and we can hang out. Okay, one last thing before we get into the interview. I just want to give a shout out to Lash Bomb for sponsoring the Wicked Business Experience this year in 2023. Lash Bomb is like one of the OG lash companies. I swear when I first started doing lashes over six years ago now, they were one of the first product lines I ever tried out. So it is such a full, full circle moment that they sponsored my event this year. How cool. And as you know, my best friend, Allie, Lash Anarchist, her mom is actually the creator of Lash Bomb, which led Allie to create her own lash product line, Lash Anarchist. But she actually is working extremely closely with Lash Bomb now too. And they're going to be sharing a booth this year at LashCon. So definitely be sure to go check them out. Allie has been sending me pictures of like the design of what the booth is going to look like and the shirts and like cool swag they're going to have there. And I am so excited. You definitely don't want to miss that. Okay, this was such a random and all over the place info. I mean, intro. Oh my God. This was such an all over the place intro, but I had so much stuff that I, I needed to like brain dump real quick before we get into this interview. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you enjoy listening to me and Ashley chit chat about her journey in the beauty industry and personal branding and all the things. Be sure to hit that five star rating on Spotify or Apple podcast if you enjoyed this episode. Okay, welcome Ashley to my podcast. You have never been on my podcast before. What the heck? I know. Hey, Wednesday. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm here by the pool outside enjoying this little conversation. Oh my god, yes. I am so excited to have you on. And Ashley is actually going to be a speaker at my Wicked Business Experience event. I'm so excited. You I'm so excited. I am so excited. Like seriously. And I know a lot of other people are really excited for you to come here too. We've been getting like, a lot of good feedback. People are yeah. really excited from TikTok and like our podcast. They're like, oh my God, when are you coming to Houston? Are you gonna teach a class? And I'm like, well, maybe now you guys oh my god you should yeah I feel like Houston is like gonna be your spot like you're gonna I think so (laughs) I think so too honestly okay you have done so many like every it feels like everyone wants you to be a speaker like everyone's obsessed with you like what was the first event you ever spoke at and how did that happen um in the industry yes or I guess just in general like if you've spoken like outside of the industry too like yeah my salon was the first uh, in my city in Oxford. It was the first like um, strictly lash salon in in my city and one of the first strictly lash salons in my county. So um, the fact so many people thought that it couldn't happen. Like so many people thought like no one's going to go somewhere that's just lashes, you know, 
And um, I was like, bet, you know? And mm-hmm. so we had like a team full of girls that were just rocking it and they're incredible. And we, it, my, my company became such a, like a household name that um, people from other industries would have like networking events and they'd want me to come speak. So prior to speaking in the lash industry, I would speak at like networking events and like local, con- like little conferences that people were hosting just to um, like kind of build morale around like during pandemic times because people were having a hard time. A lot of people were struggling financially during the pandemic and I wasn't. And so I think that was just really inspirational for a lot of people to know that somebody that comes from where I come from can build something like with no real resources, like no, no, like not born into resources like capital or just guidance even at that point. And people wanted to hear like, I guess about my journey and just mostly inspirational, I would say more than educational. And that started during the pandemic. So like 2020 and um, there's a small scale, like less than a hundred people. So my first time speaking at was in a, in our industry was at LashCon 2021. And that was like such a big difference from what I was used to like 50, 40 business owners. And now you've got like a thousand fucking business oh sorry I'm just you can cut oh okay a thousand business owners um who in my opinion some of them I looked up to because I in 2021 I had only been in the lash industry for less than four years and in and I've been in the makeup I started with makeup I've been doing makeup since 2013 so um I come from the bridal makeup world very stressful way different than lashes and um well, lashes was like a breath of fresh air for me compared to being in the bridal makeup. Um, it's like a high stress level job. So it was a big transition for me in 2017 when I signed up to take a lash course. So yeah, LashCon 2021, Paul and Tessany, shout out to them because they believed in me and thought I had something to say. And ironically, the topic was the same topic that I'm going to be talking about um, at your event in August. Oh yeah. Okay. The first time I, that it was the first time I had like ever heard of you was at yeah. LashCon 2021 whenever, yeah, you spoke, did Hakeem speak too? Or it was just, no, uh-uh. okay. no, Hakeem would, no, <laughs> they offered us to talk together, but he was not ready for that. And I remember when, um, <clears throat> when, when I, Paul and Tessany, um, like asked us to come on their podcast, that was the first time we really connected with them. And it's because they had found Hakeem and they were like, oh, my God, like a husband and wife and the husband actually does lashes. Like, we got to talk to them about this. And so when they had us on their show, it's like we just like vibed and they were like, you got to come to LashCon. Like the aunt, she was like, we really want you to come to LashCon virtual when the virtual one one came. They're like, can you will you come like we come and they they gave us a free ticket to LashCon virtual um, in 2020. And after that, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Like, we have to go in 2021 because that was 2020 when it was virtual. And I remember, um, you know, being hesitant because we were so small, like we were like baby lash company. And I remember Paul even telling me like, when we, we'd talk, we'd just vibe. And he goes, where did you come from? Like, not like, not like, like, we, like what part of Mexico, but like, where, like, where have you been? You know, how have I never heard of you? Like, you sound like you've been in business for so many years. Like, how did I not know who you are? You just came out of nowhere. And I'll tell you why the reason why I kind of just like came out of nowhere in 2020, 2021 was because I didn't have my license before that. So I had been running my business, like writing dirty for a long time. And so when I finally got my esthetician license in 2020, I was like on and cracking. I was like, all right, let's do this. Like I've been writing dirty for seven years and I'm ready to like 
go I I mean I graduated from SD school in 2018 I didn't go and get my license until 2020 I feel like a lot of people do that (laughs) do not recommend okay do not recommend well I feel I'm so excited for you to come to Houston I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because I I mean I go to like um aesthetic schools here and like speak and stuff like that and it's I I've only been to community college and um Mm -hmm. it is all mostly like girls that have like already been doing the services but you know yeah to finally I mean you have to like save up and like be able to afford that even if it's a community college and for me it wasn't even I mean yes of course it was the money but if I'm being honest it was like the confidence level I lacked that I really lacked thinking that I can even own like a salon business or that I could even be my own boss quote right like that whole like be your own boss that phrase like didn't even resonate with me it never did like to me in like the way I grew up, being your own boss was highly like related to like hustle and hustle and my like upbringing was basically the same thing as like being a criminal, you know, like criminal activity was like the translation for hustle and hustle was like be your own boss. So it all really kind of came down to me just like wanting to live a straight edge, like a honest, make an honest living and have stability and security and being a business owner just didn't scream that for me so it, I think for me it was a confidence like a lack of confidence imposter syndrome if you will I know that word gets t- thrown around a lot these days um but essentially that's what it was like I could never do that so I can't go to beauty school you know I feel like a lot of girls feel like that or they just feel mm-hmm. like they're not they feel like they're not going to be successful or they don't have the means to be successful and they're just gonna probably if they are doing beauty services like do it out of their house or whatever yeah, that was me for almost eight years like that was me and I even went to beauty school and like you know like and it was funny because I remember I went to beauty school and I would like post about it right on my page because I already had my beauty page from doing makeup and stuff and I remember afterwards like I forgot who one of my friends like oh have you taken the test yet and I'm like everyone knows I went now like (laughs) like I feel like that's good enough you know but really what it was is imposter syndrome like taking the like getting into school was already one thing layer of like overcoming that but like taking the test was like the next layer like once I get my license I have no excuse for like like kind of laying low and all that like I can't do that anymore it's almost like what for then you have your license what are you holding back for and I think I was afraid of that I think I was afraid of like really stepping into the entrepreneur role that that word was like I'm still getting used to that word being me you know like I'm an entrepreneur it's It's weird I, I mean, I even feel the same. It's so weird, like, just being around people that, like, I went to high school with or, like, that I've – I mean, I still live in the same town that I grew up in, and people are just like, yeah, like, you look like you're doing so well. You have your own business. And I'm like, oh, my God, I always forget that. <laughs> like, I yeah, always same. forget what it looks like and sounds like to other people. But yeah. can you talk about, like, what is the area like that you are from? Are you still in the same area that yeah. you grew up Bo- in? Born and raised. I don't think I'll ever leave. I love it. I love right now I'm not because I'm here for, you know, the the let's get social event. I'm here in San Diego area, but I'm I'm in Southern California as well. Um, So we're in a city called Oxnard. It's where like I want to say like majority of the United States strawberries um, are grown. So it's highly populated with Mexicans because that's who came to work the strawberry fields. My family came not just for strawberry, but also celery. So, Wait, oh, my God. OK, I live in Pasadena, Texas, and yeah. 
we just had the strawberry festival this past oh yeah yeah i was like strawberry i don't know my grandma lives here for like she's like uh she's like yeah like whenever i first moved here it was like nothing but strawberry fields because i'm like i don't see anyone like having strawberry fields here like why do we have the Mm -hmm. strawberry festival but yeah because we we, it's called um uh, gentrification <laughs> yeah, exactly. we we don't have a whole lot of strawberry fields anymore anyway either, but that's what we came for. Um, so yeah, my family came to the United States. They lived in Oxnard, they lived in Watsonville, they lived in Salinas, San Jose. So those were a lot of the fields. And um, they landed in Oxnard and they stayed there. So it's funny because like a lot of people don't know about Oxnard, but it's smack dab in the middle of Malibu and Santa Barbara, and everyone knows about Malibu and Santa Barbara. So whenever I tell people that my neighbor to the left is Malibu and my neighbor to the right is Santa Barbara, they're like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. And so people know those. Um, so it's interesting what it's like, because if you know anything about like what metropolitan areas are like is it's like the rich of the rich and the poor of the poor. So there's really no middle ground. You're either like wealthy or you're like poverty, like the low poverty line. There's no middle class first. I mean, in the United States in general, middle class is becoming like non-existent, but um, it's one or the other. You're either on welfare or you're either like you hate, you hate liberals, like there's like no <laughs> in the middle. And so that's really where we live. It's like, there's wealthy, like you can't, you're either like, living on welfare or you're um working 10 jobs with a little bit of fraud on the side so that you can afford a 1.3 million dollar house and it's like a four bedroom home like a regular one story home and it's insane like so we have we live in an interesting area so um where our actual storefront is where our brick and mortar is where we sell our products teach our courses it's kind of in the hood like it's pretty like there's like you know like transients like angry ones screaming while I'm doing a facial it's like Sade is in the background smooth operator and then it's like <laughs> like going off outside on a withdrawal it's it's pretty intense um but Maybe, you know where it keeps your rent cheap <laughs> oh that's why we stay there hands down because I could go across the street no joke across the street on the other side of our intersection and it's like this shopping center that has like a LA fitness and like a sh- smart final a Burlington like a salon suites and a 200 square foot salon suite would cost me like double what I pay for my 700 square foot brick and mortar. Oh my gosh. Same. Yeah. I have a 700 square foot brick and mortar as well. And I, my salon is actually like 30 minutes from where I live. I'm in my salons in Friendswood, which is like, Oh yeah. Yes. freaking like Beverly Hills of this yeah. area nice and, but I'm literally like in the cheapest building in France yeah. probably it was built same. in like the 60s and it's so yes ours old. Too. but like I know I pay the same amount that people are paying like for a salon suite down the street yeah. like, in a nice so for me I'm I'm like wait and my clients are with it like it's not a problem it's, for us it's not it's not it's a non-issue um most of the times like the transients like if I just tell them like hey um do you mind like doing that back? You know, go. Can you shoot up in the alley? Like, can you not do that right here? They're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Like, and they'll leave. So, it's fine. <laughs> so, how did you get into the beauty industry? Oh my god, that's like a, a such a funny story. So when I, oh my god, I'm really gonna talk about this right now. So I, I've only told a few people about this, but I'll share this on your podcast because oh my god, this is a wicked exclusive, guys. It really is. Okay, so um. When I got pregnant when I was 19, yes, teen pregnancy, um, Hakeem and I were just like navigating through that. We had just 
when I found out I was pregnant, I had literally went on our, our first date was six months prior to that. Okay. So we'll just go with that. And, um, so we were strangers. We didn't know what we were doing. And, um, you could imagine how that would like take a toll on somebody who was like supposed to be, I was supposed to be a professor. I was supposed to like mold young lives. I was supposed to be like this, like philanthropist essentially that just like made the, a difference in the world. I never wanted kids. I never wanted to get married. I just wanted to dedicate my life to like making life better for children. And like, that was my whole goal. So to get pregnant at 19 and end up just like another Mexican statistic, like another hot Cheeto girl on welfare, like that was like what I thought I was going to like amount to. I was like, wow, Ashley, like you're so fucking smart and you're going to go and be just another bimbo, you know, like another statistic, like half of the people that, you know, I slipped into like a dark depression and I, I mean, full transparency, I was like suicidal, like I was like total like postpartum and I it was bad and obviously I had to hang on because I had a kid and you know I had a kid now and Hakeem was like working Hakeem paid all of our bills for like eight years he provided for us he never asked me to lift a finger as far as like money went like and um I just got to this point where I realized like I need something for me and at that time I didn't wear makeup I was lucky if I brushed my hair still kind of like that but um I found Jacqueline Hill on YouTube. And the reason why is I YouTube like how to conceal under like dark under eyes because I was putting under like concealer on that I got from like Vons, the grocery store. And it looked crazy. You need to like balance it out with stuff, you know? And so me being dumb, not knowing anything, I got the brightest concealer that I could get because I thought, oh, it'll brighten my under eyes. No, it made them way worse. So I found Jacqueline Hill and she talked about like how to conceal under eyes or whatever. And I instantly fell in love with her. Like this was 20, t- 2012. Like this was like when she kind of really was starting to rise and I fell absolutely in love with her and she taught me so much. And I remember telling my mom like, Oh, I've been playing with makeup. And my mom's like a girly girl. So she was like, Oh my God, she bought me a bunch of makeup. And I just was playing with it with Jacqueline Hill like every day. And I was just playing with like making my, it was my like outlet to make myself feel good about myself. I didn't go anywhere. No one saw me. Like it was just for me to feel good. And um, over time, I ended up getting pretty good. Like, I started getting really good at doing makeup and Hakeem saw how much I liked it. So we'd go to, like, to, like, stores and he'd, like, do you want stuff? And I'd buy it. And it became my outlet. And then before you know it, I was, like, wanted to be like Jacqueline Hill. So I started making, like, YouTube videos. And, like, it was so bad. No one was supposed to know about this. This was not, like, I was not trying to become an influencer by any means. But I, it was my, like, I was home all the time. And it was, like, my outlet. So I started... And then my cousins were like, oh, my God, your makeup looks so good. Like at a birthday party. Can you do my makeup for this party I'm going to? Can you do this makeup for my makeup for this wedding I'm going to? And before you know it, like I was a makeup artist like a year in and I was making YouTube videos that this is the part that's embarrassing that like um, I wanted to be like Jaclyn Hill. So I would like come on and like talk about my day and like I was like suicidal and like depressed and like all this stuff. But I was coming on and be today was awesome oh my god me and me and my husband not my husband he was not my husband (laughs) me and my husband are like looking into homes and this this, and that and like my makeup career is so successful and all this stuff and and we're gonna buy a home and um 
we're talking about having another kid. We sh- we were talking about breaking up. Like we were not talking about having another kid. Dude, you manifested that shit. It all came it, true. It, it's sick though. It's kind of sick what I was doing. Okay, was you know what? I'm sure all the I'm sure influencers are all doing that though. You know what? And that does give me perspective I mean, for Jacqueline sure. Jacqueline Hill's ex-husband like com- like just died from know, like, he, drugs. So I know exactly. No, for sure. And I've learned that. But at the time, like, yeah, it would just like a way to like impress strangers on the internet but then one day i got a, a subscript like i got an email saying like janessa ramirez or uh subscribe to your channel and i'm like wait is that like my neighbor <gasps> and so i freaking like clicked on it i blocked her immediately i was like oh my god this is for strangers on the internet like this is she's she knows i'm not buying a house she knew i w- didn't have a job like I, she knew i like no she there was so embarrassing and I was like oh my god this is becoming too real at this point so because I had like almost 5,000 subscribers at that time oh my god so I should have known that this was like gonna get to somebody at some time but I don't know what in the world like was going through my brain when I was like yeah I'm just gonna lie to people on the internet and anyways that is what beautylicious that's where it came from so I was doing makeup and my uncle was like you can't just be like makeup by Ashley you need to be like a name and so he was dating somebody in the in the makeup world back then. And he was like, oh, how about this? How about um, Beautylicious, Ashley? And so that's that's where that was born in 2013. And um, that was my entryway. And then I just got into – I realized I like doing brides more than anything else. So I would just stuck with brides for a while. And then um, I, I was working riding dirty from salon, like in working in a salon and stuff. And um, my my husband was like – you're not happy at your day job. I had a day, I worked at the DMV. He's like, you're not happy there. You want to finish school to be a professor. Like, why don't you go to beauty school, get your license so you could work in a better salon. I, you know, when you, if, you, if you're getting jobs at salons unlicensed, they're probably not the best salons because they can't even get licensed people. You have so, to be licensed to do makeup in California because you don't here. Yes. Oh. Um, if the only way you get around it, which is the, kind of what I did was um, if you sell them, like if they get something in exchange, like if, and you can argue that like, they're paying for the product that you're giving them. That's how Max, Sephora, Ulta get around it. Those girls are not licensed estheticians. They're uh, doing a, a free demonstration as long as you buy $50 worth of makeup. So, um, but the but the angle with that is like, well, once you, they're obviously going to use more than what you bought because $50 is like a lipstick and a brush. And so they, what they do is like, once you buy that, they'll show you 20 other products and then you're probably going to leave home with more of them. It's a sales tactic. And um, you'll come back and this will be a regular thing for you. So then you'll be buying makeup every month when you go to an event. Um, so that's their sales strategy with that. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what I did in my consent forms. I just had it in there that like the fee you're paying is for like your 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 take home kit or whatever. And then I got around it like that. But but it, it caused a lot of anxiety, like working without a license, like you could do it. And I'm like, get your bag. I, I believe in getting your bag, like whatever, you're not hurting anyone. But like, if you really want to level up your business and if you really want to be seen as a professional, you want to be taken seriously and you want to walk through your business as like with confidence, you have to have all that stuff. You have to have the all the the pro- proper permits and licenses or else you're never, you're always like me. I was looking over my shoulder when I would get like a, a booking request and I didn't know who they were. I'd look them up on Facebook, see what mutual friends we had, DM those friends and be like, hey, what's the deal with this person? Like, who are they and what are they about? who sent you, you know, and that's just not the way you want to run your business. You know, you want to have, you want to be free. The whole point of being a business owner is like having freedom. 
you do not have a freedom when you're working, looking over your shoulder. And so that's why I went to aesthetic school and found lashes. Oh, wow. So they taught you lashes in aesthetic school? I mean, I mean, they say they did, but like there was a lash course. All right. Like, yeah, it was there was a three thousand dollar lash course included in my tuition. But oh my God. we're not even going to say the name of that company because it's a really big brand. But it was 24 girls in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, We watched a YouTube video on a laptop, like all 24 of us watched from a laptop from the other end of the room. Oh, and Jesus. it was a 15 minute YouTube video that was essentially like a reel. It was like a reel of like, this is what lash extensions are. Look how beautiful they feel. You're going to make tons of money and just dip it in the glue and place it on the lash and voila. Right. And basically that was the YouTube video. It was a free PS. I went on their YouTube channel later that day and I found it. It was a, like, it was a free video. It wasn't even like an exclusive training video. It was like a literal YouTube video. And then they said, okay, call in your models and let's do this. It was just that I, I hardly call that learning how to do that. horrifying. It is horrifying and so and the person who taught us by the way like again i'm not gonna say her name either like no guidance after that like she was not there for us she would not answer her phone unless we wanted to buy product from her if we were gonna buy product she didn't respond but other than that all of the shitty trainings i've taken is like what made me want to be a trainer because i was like wow if you can do this like i can do this 50 times better with half of the knowledge you have yeah yeah no literally and people always ask me like when are you ready to train and I honestly don't believe there is like a time frame it's like when you know that you can help people and you're willing to put in the work like that's when it was for me I started training like less than two years later like I signed up in 2017 and I was training like in 2020 yeah I started training like 2020 so it was like two years later you know yeah, you just have to be like a couple steps in front of at least one person and you can yeah. them. And so then once you help them, you're able to help more people. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so when so when Hakeem was supporting you, was he already a barber at this time? Yeah, so he's been a barber since we met. So oh, it's wow. actually one of the things that, um, that like, that's part of the allure for me was like, um, when I met him, I remember I was busy. So I worked my job at the at Bonds, the grocery store full time. And then I was in college full time. Um, actually, I think I was taking like on like 14 or 16 credits that semester. And I had met him prior to that. And we've like kind of knew each other. But it was like when we first started dating. And um, <clears throat> plus I was volunteering at the uh, school. I wasn't even getting paid to work there. I was just volunteering because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. So I was just trying to get my foot in the door at every school district that I could. And I worked part-time at a car dealership. So I was like, I mean, I don't even think I slept during that time. Okay. And I really did try really hard to like be a friend, like to hang out with my friends and stuff. I really did try hard. It wasn't often, but I did try. And so when I met Hakeem, you know, he was trying to pursue me or whatever. And I told him straight up, I was like, I don't have a lot of free time just so you know. So like, if this is like, you know, like, I don't know what you're looking for, but like, I literally don't have, a lot. basically I was laying down the law that like, I'm just trying to hook up. Like, I'm just trying to hang out. Like, don't expect anything from me. And he was just like, oh my God, this is like what I'm, I'll be so honest. Like one of this phrase, like literally was like, Ooh, he said, well, I'm a barber. So I make my own schedule. So like, whenever you're available, just let me know. And like, I'll make it happen. And I was like, oh my God, King. well, and I was like, how many times has he used that? I don't care. Whatever. It worked. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, say less. And so I, it really would. Like, I'd be like, hey, like, I have a lunch break. And it was cool. His barbershop that he worked at was actually, like, 
walking distance kind of from where I worked. So I would be like, I have a lunch break at 12. Like, do you want to hang out? And he'd be like, yeah, I'll reschedule my client. Like I'll push them back or whatever. And he would come hang out with me for 45 minutes while I was on lunch. And that was like our extent of our like hanging out for a little while. It was just like in between my things. And yeah, or like I'd like leave class early from night school and like go hang out with him for an hour or two. That was like how it was. And it, it it's exactly what I needed at that time. There's no way I could have been like a normal person who had like a normal job and yeah that that's how that started he was already a barber so then when I got pregnant um I don't want to like tell Hakeem's story but when I got pregnant the same week we found out I was pregnant was the same week Hakeem found out that his mom was sick and she was gonna she only had a few months to live and so um it was like time for him to grow up like he he still lived with his mom and so she told him like you can't live here like you're about to have a baby and like you need to grow up because I'm not going to be here for forever, you know? And so we moved out basically immediately together. We moved in together and, um, yeah, he just always provided, like it was just natural for him. He's like, we don't have a, because he didn't have his mom anymore. And like, I don't have a lot of family or at least I don't have a lot of family that I would leave my kid with. So my career had to be put on hold. Like I had to drop out of college and he was like, he understood that like, well, someone's got to pay the bills, you know? So he just took on that role naturally. And he, I think he really enjoyed it. He really liked being, he didn't have a dad. So he really liked being like a dad, a man. Like he liked providing for his family. Oh, we love Hakeem. I know that's I like, do. I've... That's such like, like we love, this is such a stereotype. I might cut this out, but I'm like, we love Hispanic men for that. So, but like the thing is, okay, we'll talk about that. So like we do. We love that element, but the but the thing is that like that is what's really is like the basis for this term called machista, which mm-hmm. is basically toxic masculinity in the in the Hispanic culture. So because it's so like because it's so in our culture for the man to work, and they usually work like laborious jobs because they usually don't go to school, so they're not like typically like intellects, and that's a, also a very broad statement. But unless they went to private school, which they probably didn't, if their parents came here you know, to work in the fields. So they work like laborious jobs, really hard jobs. They come home, they take their boots off and like they want dinner and then they have a beer and they go to sleep because that's like the norm. Um, it, it can lead to a lot of issues uh, when it comes to like communicating their feelings because that was never something they were taught. And so in my world, like I grew up not ever wanting that. And so it wasn't, even though I should have, and I did appreciate it. I did appreciate it. But at the same time, I didn't want him getting comfortable thinking like I needed him. And also, um, even though like we love him, the truth is he sometimes took advantage. And like, it's not a perfect love story. Like anyone listening to this, I don't want anyone to think like that we were just like this, you know, fairy tale. It was really, really rough for us. It was like they're doing construction. Um, oh, so okay. <laughs> I, I might move. I'll just move. Um, But yeah, so like, he didn't expect me to like be at his beck and call or anything like that, but he definitely um, didn't, he, he couldn't even imagine what my day was like, like ho- taking care of a baby, take care of a household and like never knowing when, like when he was going to get home from work and just having to be okay with it all the time. And then he would get a lot of alone time because after the work all day, he'd be like, come home, eat dinner, kiss the baby and then like go to the gym for two hours. And like, I was just had to like be okay with it all the time. And I, I feel like people need to understand like it wasn't like rainbows and sunshine even when I started my business and when I finally started like feeling good about myself and like being like damn like look at me being productive um he was always supportive of me doing it 
like in theory, like he was always like, yeah, babe, do it. But when it came down to like, okay, well, I have clients at seven. Like I need you to be home by then. That was where the issues started arising. Like, like we talk about this even on our podcast all the time. Like he was okay with it as long as it didn't inconvenience his life. Like, yeah, I want you to be a boss bitch. I want you to feel good about yourself. I want you to build your empire. But like, don't ask me to do anything that I haven't been doing for the last nine years. Like, don't ask me to like stay home on a Saturday and like watch the kids. Like, yeah, babysit his kids. Like, don't ask me to make dinner because that's what you do, you know? So it's almost like he was like, yeah, do that, but also do all the things you've been doing. And so that was where we struggled really bad when my business started started off with the lashes because with makeup, I was just doing it on the weekends and it was easy. I would take my oldest with me to go do bride's makeup. She would sit there with her little Olaf doll and do makeup on her Olaf doll with like little kid makeup while I was doing my client's makeup. And so that was cool for him, but you can't have kids around when you're doing lashes. You just can't. It doesn't work. It's supposed to be like a serene environment, like self-care, right? So that was the disconnect where it was like, okay, I want to start charging more, but it's hard to charge more when I have a baby or a kid right here, you know, and I want to charge more. I want to have my little room, but I can't have even a treatment room because how am I supposed to neglect my kids while I'm doing lashes? So he would be like, well, pretty much like figure it out, like hire a babysitter, drop them off with your grandma. Like I'm not coming. He used to say, oh my God, this is the phrase that killed me. He used to tell me when we'd argue about this, he'd be like, well, my money pays the bills. Your money buys lashes. Like, because I wasn't really profiting at the time. And so he was basically saying like, my money matters more. My job matters more. Because my money pays the bills. That word, those that phrase, like, is burned in my brain. We're just, like, bringing up old shit. You're going to, like, go home and just get mad at him today. No, <laughs> no, we have grown. We have grown big time. But I, my whole point in telling people this is just that, like, if you're in this thing and you're like, oh, my God, I wish I had the lash poppy because I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, even this weekend at the conference, people were coming up to me and be like, you just don't understand because I don't have help. Oh, and when people tell me that, I want to choke. I just squeeze the shit out of my mic my headphone right now. Like, that is so insulting to me. Like, do you know what uphill battles I had to like, I earned this. Like I earned his respect in a way that I didn't have before. I earned his support in ways that I never knew I could. Like I earned it. I kicked ass and I sacrificed. I didn't sleep for like years so that I could build what I've built in order for him to get on board. You know what I'm saying? It's not like from day one, he was like, here, here's $500 to buy lash supplies. No, I had to like, I was buying Amazon stuff for a little bit because I just needed to buy a bed, like a lash bed. (laughs) I needed to, I got it on Groupon, by the way. Like I got it from some old massage therapist. So (laughs) I feel like that's the part that people don't see of like where we are today. They just see, oh my God, the lash poppy worships, you know, Ashley. And I wish I had that. And well, it didn't just come like it, it took a lot and it took a lot from me. And we broke up like three times and we have been through a lot. So I just want to like give that real picture to people. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it looks all cute on our YouTube channel and shit. But like, dude, no, we were like at each other's throat for a while. And we, we even talked about getting divorced before we even got married. Like we were <laughs> engaged. And I was like, I think we're going to have to get divorced. Like this is. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to go through all of that shit just to like get to the good part. To really appreciate like what we have today. You know, like yeah. I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that we have to we wouldn't appreciate where we are. We wouldn't be so grateful. And if we hadn't gone through all that. And now we also know that like nothing can break us. Like that's also where we are because we have gone through stuff that like would break anyone else. But I mean, you name it and I'm not trying to get, give details, but like you name it, we've been through it. Mm-hmm. Like try, try me besides like domestic, 
violence of anything other than that like we've been through it and so if we could go through that like all these speed bumps that we're encountering right now in our business um are it's this is nothing it's like it's nothing you can also now probably add relationship coach to your resume and i'm hitting you up for that service honestly it's so funny that you say that because i get asked all the time if i would be linked to because people know i do business coaching and i help Mm -hmm. people with marketing and branding but people are always asking me if i would be willing to like life coach them and i'm like i'm a mess too bro but it's funny because most life coaches are not like all put together anyways but um right i don't want someone coaching my life if they've had like a perfect life like i need someone that's like started from the bottom but still fix makes it work and, mm-hmm. and and figures it out. And what did you do in this situation? You know, I want to know you've been through shit. Yeah. But it's just funny that people have asked me that. I've had literally like so many people and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, you probably should. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, you know what? Maybe one day right now I got to focus. I'm focusing on this huge transition that we're going through, you know, our brand switching over to. Yes. We're no longer going to be beautylicious anymore. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that we were beautylicious, but I don't think I can. I think I can say that I was. I just can't say that we are anymore. So switching from beautylicious to the Lash Poppy officially now, mm-hmm. now that Hakeem has become like a worldwide sensation and like people stop him at airports to like take pictures and stuff. <gasps> it's like it makes, yeah, people that are not even in the lash industry. Oh my God, I can say that the Lash Poppy follows me on Instagram. Oh my God. You literally... Paul took a picture. We took a Paul, a group picture with Paul yesterday. And he's like, this is going to be worth money one day. I'm going to have to have you sign it. Like, it's a joke, but he has been asked for his autograph multiple times. Like, it's the wildest thing. Like, they'll be trembling with like a receipt tape. It's like a waitress at a restaurant. And she's like trembling. And she's like, "I'm me and my mom are like your biggest fans. Can you please sign this? And it's like the weirdest thing. I don't think I've even like been on his TikTok. I need to go look at it. You should. I never get lash stuff on my TikTok. It's so weird. Because you don't consume lash stuff on TikTok. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So like, it just makes sense. Like, you know, Lash Poppy is already a bigger name than Beautylicious is probably ever going to be. And that's just the fact, you know, like in this era, like this is something I've talked about before. Like we're in an era in the, in the lash industry that is saturated, whether we want to admit it or not, it's saturated now oversaturated. Mm -hmm. You and I both know that like, that's not really a thing. You can't really be oversaturated in any industry. I mean, take cell phone, cell phone um, cases for an example. You know, you can't go to a, you can go to the liquor store and they have cell phone cases. You go to anywhere that, you know, 99 cent store, um, the swap meet, TJ Maxx, Nordstrom's rack. I mean, you go to any store and they've got some cell phone cases. And so, like, why is that not oversaturated? Why do those still sell? Why does Otterbox still sell $80 um, phone cases if you can buy a dollar one at the 90 cent stores? Because they're different and they're marketed different and and that's really all it is. It's just marketing and understanding that it doesn't matter how many people do exactly what you do and how much cheaper they offer it. Cause that's the number one thing I hear from people in my coaching program is like, well, here everyone's cheap and I just can't charge that. And I'm like, you can't, or you don't want to do the work that it takes in order to charge that because that's the, that's the truth. You know, um, I, uh, uh, Janelle from, um, Lash Affair, we were at, um, um lash spa summit you know a couple weeks ago in austin and we were talking about like the the uk um prices and how like a bunch of the girls from the uk were like oh you know nobody charges more than like 80 pounds for a full set and janelle's like i did like i lived there for like two years and i charged what i charge here like i did and i didn't have a problem i was booked and busy and so it's just like you can we can go back and forth till we're blue in the face and say well no one will pay that and 
it's just, ugh, I don't like, I hate when people say that. So to say that like the lash industry is oversaturated is not true, but it is saturated. It is a lot busier now. It is, there are more lash artists per capita than, you know, ever before. I, I got into this industry when there was literally, like I said, we were the first lash salon in our city. Now there's other ones, but we were the first one. So I have seen it grow from even just since 2017. Honestly, I, the salon that I worked at doing makeup when I wasn't licensed was a lash salon too, but they were in a different city. And so I used to travel out there to do makeup. And um, that was in 2015. And they were the only ones at that time. So my point is that like, I've seen it go from like none to like tons. And my point is that, um, you know, we could, we could be honest together and say, yeah, like there's a lot of people who sell lash supplies and do lash courses today. And it's kind of harder today than it was five years ago, even to stand out. Like it's harder because there's so many. So why would I, if I, if I'm sitting on somebody, right. If my husband is this guy who already stands out so easily, why wouldn't I use that? Why wouldn't I lean into that? You know, even like I said, even though, um, it's a female dominated industry, like he supports women, he supports me. He's always has, and he is so happy training women and help and helping them. And he doesn't try to take away from women. He doesn't try to mansplain anything. Like he's just <laughs> right. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, it is saturated, but that's a good thing. Like, I think that people, if people could really understand that a saturated industry means that there's a demand, the fact that so many people are trying to do this is because they know so many people want it. And that means there's a high demand. You want to be in an industry that's saturated, that there's a high demand because that means there's room for um, you to get, make money really. Yeah. And okay. So people, this is like why I really wanted you to speak about this at my yeah. event, like about personal branding and stuff. And I get questions kind of all the time. It's just like, how do I stand out in my mm -hmm. area? Like there are so many lash artists and like, I feel like it was just, or people were like, how did you come up with your branding and like yeah. your online presence? And it's like, it was just easy for me because like that it's just kind of who I am. Like I, I was going to say that. Yeah. I'm a weird emo girl. Like that's just kind of like who I've always been. And my name is literally Wednesday. Like I was yeah. just born with a weird name that makes me stand out, but I don't like try to hide it. I've actually had someone DM me before whose name is a, is a day of the week. And she changed it. She changed her name because she's like embarrassed of it. And like she goes by a completely different name. And it's not even public knowledge that her name is the day of the week. But I was heavily bullied by my name my whole life. I still am. Like people still like tell me dumb jokes that are like super mm -hmm. inappropriate and annoying. But at the end of the day, like no one's going to forget who I am. Like no one's yes. gonna forget my name. We've talked about that. And that's definitely something that I'm going to touch on, on my, in my speech and my presentation at um, the wicked business experience is that mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite phrases. And if you listen to my podcast, you've already heard me say this and I'm sorry. I, I feel like so repetitive sometimes, but it's because it's true is that your, uh, what makes you like what you think is a setback is actually your superpower if you learn how to like leverage it and lean into it. So I have a similar story. Like I grew up. Yeah. And that was meant to be a question. Sorry. Yes. I was going to say a question and yeah, not no, talk about I, me. No, I got <laughs> but, it. Yeah, how so, did you guys decide like, yeah, like we're going to like capitalize on who we are and where we're from. So it wasn't, I'll be honest, it wasn't my idea. 
It wasn't. I started out. Um, so like I said, I grew up, my mom's part white. And so I grew up, all my cousins are, none of my cousins are part white. All my cousins are just like Mexican through and through. My mom's the only one that's like part white. And um, so I grew up light skinned, like complected. My name's Ashley because they really wanted to like help me assimilate and blend in so that I didn't like stand out with a name like Xochitl or something that's like really ethnic. And like, you know, it sucks because I, I'll tell you why it sucks. It's because like I grew up, there's this term that's in Spanish that says, ni de aquí, ni de allá. So basically what it means is like, we're not from here and not from there. Like, like you're nowhere. So when you, when I, I'm not Mexican enough for Mexicans and I'm not American enough for the Americans. And so I'm like, who am I for then? Like, who do I belong to? And so at a certain point in your life, like you get tired of like being confused and getting bullied and getting teased. My my uncle used to call me ghost or pilgrim. And when That's my cousins literally are, my cat's name right here is Oh, ghost. I'm dead. I they used to call me pilgrim. And so when my cousins like would come over, my brown cousins, my beautiful brown golden cousins would come over, my uncle would be like, Watch out, here comes a pilgrim. She's gonna colonize you guys. Like he would always like just make fun of me. And it was like funny, of course, but like I don't know. Like as a kid, you don't wanna stand out. As a kid, you wanna blend in. And so it was hard for me to like figure out. And but eventually, because I my grandma didn't speak to us in Spanish, like she never did. She didn't want us to have an accent because of the discrimination and like the prejudice that she experienced that my dad experienced. My dad was bullied really bad. They would call him really mean derogatory names that basically mean like border hopper essentially, but even worse. There's worse words than that, believe it or not. And my dad, like, and my grandma didn't want us to endure that pain. So they helped us like they literally forced us to assimilate and um we grew up I didn't grow up eating authentic Mexican food I didn't grow up eating like I didn't grow up with like a traditional Mexican culture I grew up with a very very whitewashed culture and um so I grew up more like lowriders and gangsters than I did with like ranchos and like um bailes I didn't really grow up like that like my husband did I grew up like yeah like it's called Chicano culture like more um I don't know, like it's chola esque essentially, but like I don't, you know, that's not a super super appropriate term that people like. So Chicano is more of like the PR term for that. Um, that's how I grew up. So, um, but eventually when I got to high school, my parents didn't want me to go to the high school that's local to where I live because everyone in my family that went there ended up like either on drugs, pregnant, you know, some some form of like derailing their path. Um, and my mom made me go to a, the high school that's like on the nicer part of town. So I had to drive like 30 minutes every day or go on the bus. I'd have to go to the bus and like it was like a 30 minute drive to school every day. My bus to get there on time was at 630 in the morning. So I would have to wake up at like 530 if you have the bus at six to get on because that bus was packed. And if you didn't get on, you're screwed. So because um, there's only one bus there. And so anyways, like. I grew up going to school where it was like a nicer area. So eventually I kind of like stuck with that. I kind of wanted to, be, I remember when I started dating Hakeem, his family would be like, Oh, she don't speak Spanish. And I'd be like, no, I'm white. And Hakeem's <laughs> like, you're not white. Like, why do you say that? And I'm like, but to them, I am like to them. I'm white. And it's embarrassing that my Spanish sucks because my family didn't speak it to me, you know? And so I was ashamed that like, I wasn't Mexican enough. And so I just kind of like said I was white for a while and he used to get so mad. We'd fight about it. Like, don't fucking say that you're not fucking white and I'm like but I might as well be you know <laughs> and I was like so ashamed of my lack of culture and um so but then like being with Hakeem it like really brought out a lot and I learned so much about my like traditions and where I'm from and like my mom's 
family is from Chihuahua, Mexico, which is really close to Texas. So she grew up in Texas. And then if you ask my grandma, she's Texan. She's not Mexican. And then um, my dad's mom is from Jalisco, Mexico, which is further down. Um, and I learned so much about my culture through being with Hakeem, which I'm really grateful for. I eat authentic Mexican food now. I know how to cook authentic Mexican food. I'm like super cultured now. And um, when I, whenever, okay, so when we started growing with the brand, it was, I, I wasn't growing. Like I wasn't selling products. I wasn't selling as many courses as I wanted to. So I hired a coach. I was like, okay, I already did. Like I've hired multiple coaches, but I hired a coach one-on-one. I paid for two sessions, which was $700 for two one-hour sessions. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work with this girl. She's Her brand is like insanely awesome and it stands out. And I wanted to learn how to make mine stand out like that. And oh my God, I was just telling Steven and them about this last night. She's like kind of, I don't want to say my idol because that's like not healthy, but she's like a big deal to me. She's like my Jaclyn Hill in the Lash World. And so to get be able to just like sit with her on Zoom for an hour, I was like, oh my God, whatever. She's going to like revolutionize my life. And she did, but it was rough. Like, she pretty much ripped apart my brand and was like, your aesthetic, your everything is just not even you. And that's why you're not selling because it's so unauthentic. I, my, <laughs> you're going to laugh what my what my aesthetic was. It was like white marble with gold accents. Oh, um, my God. I feel like that's what like everyone starts off with. I like, know. Oh, like this is the like, boho we all do it the wrong neutral. Way. Yeah. Well, it's because it's what's like um, palatable. It's mm-hmm. like what? Nope. No, it's not going to offend anybody and it's not going to scare anybody. But I remember in a coaching program that I was in before that, I remember Allie um, talking in one of our groups and she said, if nobody hates it, then no one really loves it. And I'll never forget that because when I was talking with this coach, she kind of said something to the same effect, like you're not invoking any emotion and like you're not going to make it not in today's world like this branding and all that would have worked like 10 years ago. But because you were marketing to everyone, but now you're marketing to no one. Like we're not in that era anymore where you can market to everyone. Back in the day, that's how it was. Everyone was just like quiet about controversial things. And they like didn't want to like they didn't want to invoke emotion. They didn't want to be controversial for the longest time. But we're not in that anymore. It's 2023. Gen Z is like taking over and they want to get to the root of shit. Millennials are dealing Mm -hmm. with their trauma. Like we're in a totally different era. We're not, it's not boomer time where we're hush hush about everything. And brands need like a face and a personality. Exactly. And that's what she said. She's like, you're, and she, and I'll tell you like a big part of like how I became like how Beautylicious turned into which is now the Lash Bobby like turned into what it is is working with that one coach and it's funny I paid for two sessions like I said I paid $700 for two one-hour sessions and I got so much she ripped me apart like she literally said this is trash this is trash like this is bad this is bad and she explained why like she's like that's what you know she ma- I had to start from scratch like literal scratch I started a new website I literally had to start from scratch but it's funny because the name Beautylicious itself, like, does not go with boho white exactly. marble. Like, that doesn't even go together. That literally sounds like it's like Bootylicious, like Beyonce song, like Ghetto Fabulous, right? So the fact that, like, I knew, but I, and I was so inconsistent, you know? And, like, my clients were coming, like, booking with me online, looking at my gorgeous, like, you know, website. And then, like, coming and seeing me with my big hoops and my biker shorts. And they were like, what the fuck, probably, you know? <laughs> And so, but obviously my, my skill and my experience did so well that they stayed. But the point is like, I wasn't, I wasn't doing, I wasn't being myself. And it was part of the reason why I was having so much mental health problems in my business is because like you're being unauthentic and I can speak to many people and say that like, 
a lot of people are experiencing this right now. Like they're in their business just doing what they think they need to and showing up on social media in a way that like they think they need to show up and it's making them sick and it's making them have breakdowns. And they, and these are the same people who like show up all chipper for like a few months. And then all of a sudden, like they're gone for a few months. It's because that's not who they are. Like they're showing up unauthentically. And those people who have like breakdowns all the time, it's probably because they're not, they're not running their business authentically. And if that's how, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, that's me. I feel like I come home from work and I'm drained and exhausted. It's probably because you're not being your authentic self. It shouldn't be draining to be yourself. You shouldn't be attracting a clientele that makes you feel like shit at the end of the day. Like granted, you're going to be tired doing lashes eight hours, but like you shouldn't feel like gross and like heavy. I don't know if that makes sense. No. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm the exact same way. Like I kind of have a similar story. When I first started my business, it was uh, called Winks by Wednesday, and my colors were like mint green and white and like marble. You're basically EBL. <laughs> Pretty much before I even knew what EBL was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but like then I changed it to Wicked Aesthetics, and like I started feeling like myself. But it's funny because the area that I'm in, Friendswood, it's like super bougie, okay. and, and they wouldn't yeah. even let me put Wicked on uh, the building where you like, were. Yeah, so it doesn't even right. where I still am. It doesn't even say Wicked Aesthetics. Like it just says Lash and Brow Studio. But no, yeah, I get that. But I, that actually like kind of made me happy. I was like, yeah. oh my god! Like friends is like kind of scared for me to be here. Like that's cool. Yeah. That makes me stand out and like yeah. I stick out like a sore thumb when I'm in friends. <laughs> if anyone's from my area, like you know exactly what I'm talking about. I stick out like a sore thumb. Even if they don't know you, they know you. Yeah, just like how I look. And yeah, I'm just, I am kind of like you said, I'm like evoking some sort of emotion. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What would you say to someone? Cause I also, I get this question a lot too, and I never really know how to answer it. But what people ask me, like, well, I don't know, like, there, I can't think of anything about me that like sticks out or like, I don't, I have worked like- with somebody who is, and I won't say their name cause I don't want to out them, but I have worked with somebody who has like well over a thousand, a hundred thousand followers who's in our industry and is struggling. Well, was struggling with that really bad. And she literally cried to me and was like, I don't have, I'm not a minority. I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't have anything about me that like people connect with an emotional level. And I'm like, that's impossible. Like, it's not possible. You're a freaking human. You have experiences like there's no way. So I sat with her and I'm not going to lie. It took us like four hours. But by the end of it, we had like a whole story. I built her out an entire story and I told her even how to like pivot from what she's been doing to pivot into that. And I remember she was so like, she started sobbing. She called her boyfriend who's like in the business with her. And she was like, listen to this. And he was like, dude this is golden like oh my god how did we not see this it's there you just don't see it like none of us do it's like it's kind of like how I never knew I could be a business owner but look at me like I didn't know that was there but there's so much about me that was like born to be a business owner there's so many things that I've gone through in my life there's so much that I've learned there's so many lessons so much value that I bring that I didn't know was there but lucky for me like Hakeem did know it was there and because I had that like support and that confidence boost that I had him, I was able to lean into it. Basically having somebody who not only believes in you, but has like the business savvy to be able to pull it out of you. That's what I needed when I worked with that coach that one time. Cause I had, ha- that was not even, that was 
the cheapest coach I'd ever worked with. I mean, I had, I have prior to that paid for tens of thousands of dollars in coaching and I never got what I got through with that one coaching call. I didn't even book my second one with her. Like I just got what I needed. And I was like, Oh my God, that was revolutionary. I felt guilty taking her time some more. I was like, you've already changed my life. And I did exactly what she said because she has built something. I trusted her. I'm like, you've done this. And so I would, I, I hate to sound like, like, I'm not trying to say like book a call with me, but like book a call with someone like, like I get if you're in that and you're like, I just can't see it. You're probably never going to see it. You're like have blinders on and you're probably, we're our worst critics. So like, we're, we're like picking apart little things and we don't see it. I, I'm, you know, this is a bold statement, but I'm guaranteeing you that I can help you see that. Cause I've done it with everyone I've ever coached. They have that problem. And it's so incredible because they always cry. And it's like this, I feel like I literally feel like I'm like one of those coaches, like, uh, what's his name? Um, Tony Robbins, like having breakthroughs because they literally are like, how did I not see that? That's all that, that's been there. Like I've been that. And I'm like, you just needed some help. You know, the, the pieces are there. You just need help seeing them. And hi, so Rihanna. that's pretty much what I do. Oh, Hi. <laughs> You guys got a special guest on the podcast today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like just having that conversation with somebody who can look from like outward, because when you're looking inward, it's, it's really difficult, especially when you're coming from a place of like desperation, when you're in a place where your business has flatline and you're like, what do I do when you're in that space? It's so hard to look outward in and be like, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong. If you knew what you were doing wrong, you'd change it. So obviously you can't, you know? Yeah. And Seeing Rihanna just reminded me that y'all are at a little intimate yes. seminar right now. Yeah. And we were kind of talking about that before we started recording. And I'm really excited. That's kind of how like I wanted to structure the Wicked Business Experience too. Yeah. Is that I'm keeping it under 80 guests so that yeah. people, guests can have like optimal time with the, yes. I'm calling everyone mentors instead of speakers, but I love so that. That guests can have uh, optimal time with the mentors and really get what they need to take from them. Well, I think and, all of the people who were on it are, do have coaching practices, I think, right? Yeah, pretty much. And so pretty I much, wanted yeah. to talk about Christine's event real quick that you're yeah. at the Let's Get yes. Social event, how there's like around like 20 or 30 people you said. And how did mm-hmm. that go? What were y'all, what were you and how you know what? I'm like there? a, I'm, I'm really happy that we, that we, that Christine asked us to come out because Hakeem is now finally in a space where he feels more comfortable. He feels like an expert now. Mm-hmm. Like if you would have asked him a year ago, he'd been like, don't ask me anything. That's my wife. Quick, sorry to interrupt. I yeah. just want to say this yeah. before I forget. Yeah. But I think i a thousand percent like Lashcon has its place in the industry. I love yes. that. I love how yeah. big it is. That being said, I'm glad that it's only once a year. And Same. I think that all of these little events and micro areas, mm-hmm. yes, are super it's a different important. experience. Yes, it's a different super experience. Beneficial. We get to focus on one thing yes. and you get to get more intimate time with the people, like the speakers and stuff. And I will say that. I've spoken out by this time now, three years. Oh, this is my third year doing like speaking in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I've been to so many and, and they all have their, like, I'm not trying to shit, like shit on anyone's, but this one was different. And I can say that honestly, this was different. Um, a lot of times they're just like pure lecture. It's just like lecture after lecture after lecture. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of value, but a lot of people that are coming to these, they, they've, they've attended webinars. Like the, if you're spending, you know, that amount of money, if you're investing that much money into a conference where you're coming out, 
more than likely you've probably invested before. This probably isn't your first time investing and they didn't find what they needed at, at those webinars or whatever. So the fact that they're here and they're coming out in person says a lot to the effect of like they need hands-on help. Like they need more, right? So when you're just getting lecture, that could be done virtually. Like lecture could be done virtually like at this point, you know, and make it more cost effective. But the fact that they're here says they want hands-on help. And like I'm, what I was leading to say is that at a lot of the other experiences that I've been to, People are kind of like running out the door by the last speaker. They're just like, okay, well, I'm tired. I got to go. People like it was supposed to be over at 530. And like we were here till like almost seven because people did not want to leave. They wanted more like it was. I've never been to one like that where they don't want to leave. I've just never been to one. So that was a big thing. And I think I know that it was because most of the time it was hands on workshops, which was it was like speed dating for like social media you know, like you were learning, like every booth had its own like little um, thing going on. And, um, you know, like Hakeem was focusing on like TikTok and virality and like how to leverage that. And then like um, Mackenzie Graham was talking about store. Oh, no. Um, yes. Yeah, stories. And then um, Ali was talking about like lives. And then I was focusing more on like managing multiple platforms and like doing all the things like uh, strategies on that. And mindset, a lot of mindset. Reggie was focusing like on branding and like photo taking. You know, there was literally like a something for everyone. Paul touched on like he was kind of like a guest here, but he was doing like talking about podcasting and like how he's leveraged that. Steven Strazulo was there with Pretty Dash, like helping people like build landing pages. I mean, everything that you need really. You know, we were all Abby was talking about like Canva templates and how to like streamline your content creation. It was honestly like like I said, I've never been to anything like that before. So I'm really happy we were a part of it. That's so cool. I definitely it it's given me perspective on like kind of what I want to do with mine too. I definitely yeah. want to make sure there's more like sit down time with the mentors yeah. and then even just like networking amongst one another is super important. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think um I think that that's more of what we need. Like like we we just don't need to be getting lectured at all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's a time and a place for it. Like at huge conferences where you, I, my, one of my favorite things about LashCon is that it's like build your own conference essentially. Like yes. because there's so many breakout sessions, you it's, it reminds you so much of like, like music festivals. Like I remember mm -hmm. like going wow. to music festivals and like having a lineup and you'd be like, okay, what time is this person on? What time is that person on? And like managing like, okay, so it takes about five minutes to get from one stage to the next. Like, and then there's the there? main stage with like exactly. the headliners and the keynote speakers. Yeah. And that's, I love that. And that's why I like, I know it's not for everybody, but I really like the way LashCon does that because not every class is for you anyway. So, you know, there's so much that you can gain from LashCon and you can just like pick and choose what you want to go to. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, before we wrap this up, I really yeah. wanted to talk about what you and Hakeem. Oh my God, I say his name so white. I'm sorry, Hakeem. Oh no, a lot of his cousins do that. Um, I wanted to like talk about what y'all announced yeah. last week. So, yeah. And it's so funny. I started watching y'all. Yeah, it was a long video. We did it on purpose. It was intentional. We weren't trying yeah. to keep people on. But I yeah. was okay, like, so okay, but I want, I know I'm having her on the show. So I kind of yeah. want an authentic reaction to everything that's going on. For so sure. What the heck is going on with your product line? Okay. So um, something that, you know, if you're in the industry, if you're in the lashes, you probably already know that there's this guy, this bald headed, six foot tatted guy that does lashes. And so Hakeem has really taken the industry by storm. And he's really grown to love um, creating content that connects with people in that way. And he's really inspired a lot of people. So 
he we've been talking for some time now about how it might be a good move to put him more in the forefront of the business. I don't love it. I like the back end. I like the numbers, the analytics, the, the, the web pages. I like all of that stuff. I've done the social media for so long because I was be delicious, but we've been talking about like maybe transitioning to him, but the disconnect there was like, how's like this guy, this like big old bald headed guy be going to be beautylicious. Like that doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So we were really hesitant to like go that route, but we've been, if you look at my content over the last month, you'll see him way more. Like you'll see a lot of him and we've been doing more like collaborator posts and stuff like that so that people can get more familiarized with knowing, like associating us together. Well, what happened was we, there's a company that's big. We have, we applied for our trademark three years ago and we got approved last, like, like a year, over a year ago. But what happened was a company that sells makeup supplies, which is adjacent to the lash industry, has a name very similar to ours. It's not the same, but it is similar. And their attorneys um, basically filed a cease and desist. Initially, they opposed our trademark, but we didn't like go along with it because our attorney said that it was like too different. It didn't matter. But then they decided to file a cease and desist. And so obviously we could fight it and we could be like, no, like it's different. And we can go, we can take it to litigation and be like, no, it's different. And we have really good odds of winning if we don't get drained financially because we're such a small brand. Their brand is a multi-million dollar company and they have a team and I know what attorney they have and it's a very expensive attorney. So the likelihood of us even being, they'll just drain us out. They'll, they'll let us bleed dry. And that's what these big companies do to smaller companies. So um, they could just, or they like, we could art, we could try to get them to absorb us, I guess that's, but I don't think they'd be interested in that because they're in such a different kind of, they're in the makeup industry. And so basically we thought about it and we laid all our cards out over the last three months. This is what we've been working on. It's like, what do we do? What's the game plan? Do we come up with a new name? Like, what are we going to do? And basically we decided that we've worked, Hakeem has worked really hard to build what he has today and people know who he is. So we might as well just lean into that. Like might as well just be the lash poppy, you know, and that's pretty much the big exciting news. And the good thing about it is that, like I said, people already know him and they know me. And so it won't be that big of a stretch. Mm -hmm. And also another thing is that people have been wanting to take trainings with lash poppy for quite some time. Now people want us to travel to them to be taught by him. And for the longest time it was me training. And so this is really like this switching over to being like the lash poppy brand has really like empowered him to feel like less imposter syndrome and be like, yeah, I can teach you, you know, like I, I can do that because he just never wanted to steal the limelight from me. Like he's, he never wanted me to feel like, you know, like, like he was taking it over or whatever. But if this is his brand now, like if he's the face of the brand officially, then it doesn't feel like that anymore. So this has just been good for us overall. And we're not going to spend like $100,000 in litigation yeah. now. And so that's our big, so big are transition. Gonna re, are y'all going to rebrand your products to we have to. Lash Poppy? Okay, yeah, so, so are that's you what allowed we're to... In like the negotiating, we're like in the negotiating phase right now. And that was oh. what has been taking so long and been draining us of all our money because a freaking email with an attorney costs like $500. And so like just email after email and correspondence after correspondence, like the retainer fees and all this stuff um, have really been draining us already. And so we can't afford to like throw away all of our products. So that's what we've been negotiating. We finally are coming to like terms that are like agreeable to be able to still sell our products that we have on deck for, for a, a, a short period of time. Okay. That'll be good. Yeah. And then everything else will be, we're working on the, so our plan for our logo is it's still going to be the same logo, 
but like font everything everything's gonna be the mm-hmm. same so it's not a huge transition but instead of and what's so funny the lash poppy with spaces included is the same amount of characters as mm-hmm. beautylicious so it's gonna fit into the logo perfectly Okay, so anyone that has Beautylicious products right now, you might want to hold on to them because Save they them. are going to be a- ancient artifacts. I know we're gonna we're we're gonna do a sale too, but um, I did make a discount code um for your guys's listeners that cool. we'll leave up for uh we'll just leave it up and people could use it. But um, we are gonna have a a sale. We just we need to figure out the terms and like you know when we could do that. So we have a lot to work on. I've already like changed a lot of our, like all of our donate domain names and stuff like that. But we're working on the logo right now. We have, we're like temporarily using like this caricature that I had made, but that's not the logo. Like we, we have a <laughs> real logo. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I know I said, I wanted to keep it an hour and this <laughs> by so freaking fast. I feel like I you're going to have to come back on here and yes, definitely. We can do like a part two or something. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for You're coming so on welcome. here. Okay. So thank where can my audience find you? What's your Instagram now? So um it's Ashley G Coaching. Um, and I my website is ashleygcoaching.com. And I have a bunch of freebies. So if you're looking at our podcast, which I don't know if we're changing the name yet, but we'll figure it out, is Team Licious Podcast. That's me and Hakeem. And so we talk a lot about like marketing and branding and like business, like the raw stuff, the back end of the business that people don't really talk about. Um, And so that's, you know, that's where you can find me. Yay. Okay. And then I will see, I guess I'll see you in August. Oh my God. I know. So excited. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.